0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so excited to be here with my good friend and brother Eric Hurt. Eric, thank you once again for joining me. I'm so excited to be able to do a podcast with you today.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back with you, Mike. I'm excited about going over Lesson 5 of the, the Gospel for the Church course and... Uh, uh, just delighted that we can worship and you know celebrate together.
1: I am too. Uh, and it's exciting to think about what we're discussing in this podcast today because Eric, I think that <laughs> the church has lost this message. Um, if if you were to maybe survey the church worldwide today and ask, what does it take to be saved? And, and the and most of the time, what you do is, you hear is, uh, for someone to, you know, acknowledge an altar call, come to the front, confess their sin, or say a prayer ditty, or um, something like that. And yet what you and I are going to discuss today gets to the heart of what it means to be a Christian, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and along those lines, it's other things that we've heard is uh, you make uh, Christ your Lord, you know, or like you you walk that aisle. It's something you do. You obey the law, Um, you know. You just do it, you know. Mm -hmm. But it takes much more than that. It takes not us of doing. It takes Christ, His doing, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it takes his doing, and you start out here, we're, we're discussing this book, this powerful book called The Gospel for the Church, and you start out discussing, right in the first paragraph, uh, the, the reason why we preach Christ crucified, there's a reason why, uh, and what do, you, what do you bring to our attention here as to the reason why we focus like a laser on the message of the cross? Well, nothing else, Mike, and
2: no other message, no other, there's just plain and simple, no other message that can reach the human heart. And that's what Jesus said needs to be affected. You know, all the evil comes out of our hearts, Sexual immorality and lying and stealing and all these things, they flow. They flow out of the heart. And so it's the heart that needs to be dealt with. And this is exactly what the message of the cross does. We see it time and time again in the scripture. This is the message that cuts. Uh, This is the message that heals. And then it's the message that seals. And it's the message that must go out, that must be heard and believed. And when it is, brother... (laughs) you will experience it in uh, a death like Jesus's. And if you experience this death like Jesus, you will likewise experience his resurrection and you'll never be the same.
1: That is so good. And it, it really dispels the deception that many believe that, you know, if we just have a rock concert followed by a motivational message, and they call it church, that will keep people coming back. Uh, Today, I received an email from somebody who said, the majority of teens leave church, 59%, I think they said, leave church when they get into their early 20s. Well, we intend to make Jesus cool, they said. and We're going to make him cool so that we can keep our teens. Listen, if our hearts are cut at the cross, if we're if we're transformed through this message of God giving his son to die in our place, we will never leave Mm -hmm. because we've experienced a death and a resurrection, like you said. So I just appreciate so much, Eric, this whole book, but specifically we've now come to the chapter of what it means to be a Christian. And so Let's continue on. What passage of Scripture do we focus on today? Well, today we're in Acts uh, chapter 2. And I just love
2: this message because the setup is Pentecost. And and when the the believers are, uh, you know, receiving the Holy Spirit, and as they receive the power of the Holy Spirit in them, dwelling in them, Peter utters his first message, what the Holy Spirit wants to say to the people. And so this is really important because we see that it it makes its effect. You know, those who receive the Holy Spirit by believing in the message of the cross, then go out and speak this same message that, that they have received. And we know we receive it because we receive the Holy Spirit. We know we believe it. And I just love this message because... It, it, it just shows, again, Mike, that, that this is the message that needs to be proclaimed, and in fact, we'll see that Peter gets up and proclaims this message, the message of the cross, the message of Jesus being pierced for our sins, for the forgiveness of sins, and being buried in a tomb and resurrected on the third day. And so I'm excited to be here with you, brother.
1: I like, I like how you said that, you know, Peter had just received the Holy Spirit. And what does the church, what does the Holy Spirit want the church to hear? And so it's as if Peter makes a beeline for the message of the cross. Uh, because again, that's what the Holy Spirit wants the church to hear. So in Acts 2, 22 and 23, I'll just read these words, men of Israel, this is Peter preaching, Men of Israel, hear these words. So he's earnest. He, Listen up, right? Uh, Eyes up front. uh, hear, Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. So he's starting from what they know. Okay, God's working miracles through his son, Jesus. And he says this, this Jesus... Delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Eric, one of the first things you see when you look at the cross is your sin. Hmm. Um, here, as Peter was preaching, he wants them to know that this man who was attested to by God, who was sent by God who God had affirmed by these powerful miracles, these people crucified. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you and I look at the cross, Eric, what I see first of all is my sin. Mm -hmm. The Reason why Christ went to the cross is because of my rebellion against God. It's my unlawful living. It's my thumbing my nose at God and saying, I'll live how I wanna live. Thank you very much. Mm It's my sin that put him there, Mm -hmm. and this hurts, and this is one of the reasons why sometimes churches will leave this message out, is because we don't want to hurt people. Well, there's no getting by the fact that my sin crucified the Son of God, and it's actually necessary for us to see that, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, if we don't see that, brother, then we... Uh, we will never be changed and transformed. We'll, we'll, we'll be carrying, but we're, we're not to carry any of this sin and guilt and shame. That's the purpose of the cross that you see yourself crucified with Christ, that this Jesus was delivered up according to the plan and crucified, and you were crucified with him. He crucified our sin. He was put to death for our sin, it became sin. and then sin was punished and crucified. And that's, we're there with him, aren't we? We're there on the cross with Jesus Christ. And this is by faith. This cuts our heart. This purifies our heart. Uh, This brings such thankfulness uh, in our lives when we look to Jesus and we see that he was delivered up for us. Uh, The foreknowledge of God, the plan of God, the love of God. We see the love of God on the cross. Uh, we see no greater love anywhere else Right, then one lays down their life for their friends, and Jesus did just that. And it, it it affects you over and over again. It affects you the first time, and then it continues to affect you as we look there. Even today, Mike, you and I are being affected by this message when you were speaking and you were reading that passage, and then explaining it. My heart was overjoyed. I'm thinking, yes, yes, my sin has been atoned for. I. I I'm not guilty. I'm set free because Jesus, as it were, became my guilt for me, my sin for me. And this frees us, (laughs) this sets us free. And boy, who the son sets free is free indeed,
1: brother. Amen. Uh, You know, this cutting of the heart. And so this, this, of course, was the point That we're showing today. When you when you wrote this course, this is the point that you're showing is is in Acts 2, verse 37, um, which is the response to Peter's preaching of the message of the cross. And it says, now when they heard this, when they heard what? When they heard about the crucifixion of Christ, about God giving his son, about their sin putting him to death, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? You know, one of the the ways that you know that God is working in your heart is, number one, your heart is hurt. It's cut. It's as if it were bludgeoned, as if it were completely humbled. Um, The second way you know is, you say, what should I do about this? No longer are you the one who's speaking all the time, right? You, no longer are you thinking you have all this wisdom and you are so wise. No, my word, look what I did. Yes. And it quiets me. And I say, what, what do I do, Eric? Hmm. And, and this is the response, the correct response, the biblical response to the preaching of the cross. Brother, what is this cutting of the heart that they experienced? Is there a way to, and I think later in this lesson, you do define it. But just right now, as we're talking, what is this cutting of the heart? How do you describe it? What uh, This is a, a, a,
2: a circumcision of the heart. In other words, when we're circumcised, when we're cut in the heart, we die. <laughs> we die by listening and hearing this message and believing it. Believing that Jesus did in fact come as he said he would with, to, for the, and die for the forgiveness of sins. We hear this message, we believe it, and we're cut. We're cut in our heart. In other words, our old man dies. Uh, when our blood is draining out as Jesus did on the cross, uh, that means we've died with him. And that we've buried it, uh, we were buried in a tomb with him, our old man, our, our old manner of life, our old, it could be anger, could be whatever sin it was, it was nailed there in Jesus's flesh. And, and so our blood is drained out with Jesus's blood on the cross. And not only that, it's not just a death and not just a burial, but it's a resurrection to new life. It's receiving the Holy Spirit. And so we're cut and hurt, but at the same time, we're healed and mended by his wounds. And and so it's just a tremendous thing to experience. It's not, it's see how different it is than walking an aisle or raising your hand or making a commitment or trying harder or just doing it. Completely opposite of all those things. That's not the message of the cross. The message of the cross is that Jesus came to die for your sins. And he was nailed there by us too. Our sin put him there, his love held him there. And he forgave our every sin and washed us white as snow. And it's just a marvelous message, brother, to be giving to the world and receiving ourselves as we are preaching
1: it today. I really appreciate that thorough answer. Uh, that was very good. It, because if you think about it, Eric, th- talk, look physically for a minute. If somebody were cut in their heart, right, they would die, they would bleed out. Um, and that is what we're describing as being cut in the heart. It is a death, a death to the old self, but it's a death. By our heart, that is, the heart is described as the seat of your desires, your longings, your your uh, loves and passions, and that which interests you, that which has grabbed your heart. And so when we're talking about being cut in the heart, we're talking about that which I once loved has died, that which I was focused on where my passions were. Uh, Where my sin was, what I craved and longed for, was cut and bled out and died. And and so I love how you say that this is so different than um, a a modern day, you know, if you want to accept Christ, raise your hand. No, we're talking about death and, and bleeding out to my past life and dying to it. But as you said, that's part of the story. So in Acts 2.27, Peter uh, was preaching, and he described something that happened to Jesus' body. And he talked about how Jesus would not be abandoned to the grave. He's quoting here from the book of Joel, and he says, For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see decay or corruption. Now, Eric, it's well known that a body can can be dead for three days, but no more. On the fourth day, it begins to, to rot. Now, you can see that in the story of Lazarus. Uh, and when Jesus came to raise him from the dead, I, I don't believe, I don't remember if it was Mary or Martha, but one of them said, well, he's been, he's been dead for four days. He's, he's rotting. He's, you know, Lord, he stinks is what she said. He stinks. Why? Because he was four days uh, in the grave. Well, God had promised to not let his Holy One see decay. So on the third day, uh, Jesus was raised from the dead. And so the the other part of the gospel that cuts our heart is that Jesus having paid for our sin, having fulfilled the Father's will and completed the work of salvation, he rose from the dead. His work was done. Uh, The payment was made, it was finished and he rose up from the dead. So you say, as I look, I'm turning the page to question three and four, you say it was not possible for Jesus to be held by death because he defeated death while on the cross. His body was not abandoned to Hades. God did not let him see decay or corruption. Um, and, And then you ask an important question. Can you see and hear the passion in Peter's voice as he preaches by the power of the Holy Spirit? Eric, why does this message that we're preaching give us such passion? Why does it come out sometimes in tears and and with shouts of joy? And why is there such passion in this message?
2: Because I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. (laughs) Peter was free. Peter was in denial. Peter said, I'll never leave you. And then he turned and denied Jesus three times and the rooster crowed and he was crushed just like us brother we we've denied the lord who purchased us we denied the lord who was only in the grave 3 days which i did not know that on the 4th day that there was be corruption but jesus could not possibly because death couldn't hold him and he is our victory he is our life he is our freedom he is the light that shone into the darkness of our own lives and hearts And when this message rescues you (laughs) and saves you and cleanses you, you know, Mike, I never thought I could be free. I really didn't. I I thought I would have my anger towards my wife and others the rest of my life. I thought I was trapped in immorality forever. I really did. I I thought maybe I'd gone too far, that freedom was for others. But, uh, you know, maybe I was one of the ones that just sinned too far. I sinned too much. I was too evil inside, if you really knew what was inside. But then when you're set free from this, when you look at the cross and see the purchase price in the blood of Christ, and then the burial where he rested from his work, and then the resurrection power that's available to all believers. Man, this affects, as we've been saying, the heart after it's cut and drained out to thanksgiving and joy in the Holy Spirit and a completely new life. Not that we never sin again, but we're free from the shackles of it. The chains have been taken off. You know, we may be strong enough to break outward chains, but we're not strong enough to break the inward chains that's wrapped around our hearts. That takes a miracle. And that's what the cross is. That's what Jesus' death and his resurrection are. It's an absolute miracle. And we need to experience this miracle. And when we do, we're filled with such passion and gratitude and thanksgiving. And we want to go share this message with others. Why? So simply that they can experience it too. We don't want to talk about ourselves, uh, just the testimony of the blood of Jesus that rescued us. We want to point others to the cross so that they can see it, they can die with Christ, they can be cut to their heart, they can be sealed with the Holy Spirit, they can be healed by Jesus's wounds. Don't you want this? Who wouldn't want this? You know, when you consider your life and, you, and, and, and your mind's clouded and your heart is shackled and, you, and inwardly you're the only one that knows truly who you are, you know you want to be free from that.
1: And this is the message that can do it. That is right, because this is the message of power, that we don't have a religion that has a form of godliness but denies the power. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't have a mere religiosity that says, stop doing that and start doing this. No, we stopped living. (laughs) started reliving a different life. This is a message of power. And I actually misquoted. I, I said it was Joel that Peter was quoting. It's not. He was quoting Psalm chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. Uh, but he talks about in Psalm 1611, where David said you know, that he would not see decay well, Jesus was speaking through him. David, of course, was laying in his tomb to that day. And that's what Peter says. You know, patriarch David, he died and was buried. And his tomb is right over there. When we, when we traveled to Jerusalem, uh, our family, we got to see the tomb of David. It was still there. And, and you know, his body had rotted and decayed. Um, but Jesus, speaking through David, said, your holy one will not see decay. He was foreseeing and speaking about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. And so this is how we're taught, Eric, to read the Old Testament. We are to see Jesus in it. Uh, that, that The whole thing from Moses through the prophets was, and the Psalms were all about Jesus. And This is another place that you see it, but I love how you describe the freedom that comes from having your heart circumcised and cut. And so as we go on here, um, we look in uh, verses or rather questions three and four, um, that when they heard this message, they were cut to the heart. And so that's why the Gospel is the message of first importance, because it's the only message able to cut the heart and therefore change us from the inside out and That's your point, I think, in writing this particular chapter is it's an inside out change where the heart changes. Eric, I think about how I lived in lusts of my flesh and how my heart was so engaged with my sin. And how I loved sin. I was talking with a brother yesterday. who said, oh, yeah, it was a friend of mine. I turned to it when I felt empty, when I had a need, when I said, yeah, friends like that. Who needs enemies? It's like making friends with a rattlesnake. Um, because my heart was so engaged with this sin. And yet it comes to kill and steal and destroy. Mm-hmm. And that was my past life was destroyed by my sin. Uh, and yet, so what happened? When my heart was cut and I died with Hmm. Christ and was raised again to a new life, and now my heart is very much engaged in the person of Jesus Christ, in what he has accomplished on my behalf. I'm like you. I thought I'd never be free. I thought I'd gone too far. I thought there was no hope. Well, Eric, if that were true, Jesus would still be in the grave. (laughs) And you and I'd be looking at a dead corpse going, there's no hope for me. But that's just not true, is it?
2: No, that's not true at all. Uh, This is absolutely a message for anybody and everybody. This is why God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And, uh, you know, he sent his son to perish that we might live. He sent his son who was condemned that we might not be judged and condemned ourselves. And, and, I, and we love this message. We love this message because it, because it's, it shows God's love and care as, as, as our father to us, as a father to his children. He He sent one son, his only son whom he loved so that he could increase his family. <laughs> he loves us so much, brother, that he sent one son to gain many. And this is the message that does it. This is the message that protects the church. Jesus' blood protects the church. Uh, This message of the cross, Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, protects from the wolves that come into the church. We need to talk about the blood of Christ, the blood he shed for the forgiveness of sins, the washing in it, and how this does cut us, but it also heals us and sets us free. And we we need to believe it. We need to put our faith there in that message alone, in this message alone, this Jesus alone, not another gospel. Any other message is another gospel, and it has no power. That's why you clearly said that this is the message of first importance. This is the only foundation upon which to build on. Do do you see it? (laughs) Not you, Mike, but our listeners, do you see it? Someone listening, do you see it? See, look there, look to the cross and believe it. Let your heart see and experience your heart being cut. Your old man lying in a grave and rising to new life. Even as we're speaking this and sharing this message with you today, your life will never be the same. Just as these men will will never be the same. They were cut to the heart. What must we do? What must we do? Not knowing what to do anymore, but at a loss at a loss. When you look up at the cross, you're at a loss. Oh, my word, my sin has been atoned for and paid for. And as Jesus was pierced in his side, I was pierced in my heart. As Jesus was laid in a tomb, my old man was laid in a tomb. As Jesus rose from the grave with the power of the Spirit, then I too rise up with this same power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the power available to every believer,
1: incredible. It's just astonishing, Mike, to consider. I'm astonished um, when you said, do you see it? You, you were talking to me. Of course, we're talking to our listeners. Yeah. I see it. You know what I see? I see myself wallowing in sin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to rescue me out of it by dying. I see myself naked exposed to the wrath of god naked in sin and jesus came and unclothed himself to cover me i see myself as poor impoverished by my sin having lost it all and i see jesus came and he gave it all up and he laid it all down to to he became poor to make me rich in grace and faith and truth and love and everything that matters I see myself as dead in sins and trespasses. And so Jesus came and died to raise me up. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. And it has healed me and it has freed me and it has warmed me and it has cleansed me and it has given me hope, Eric, real hope. I had no hope before. And and this message has so filled me with hope that you just you just can't keep me down, right? You, you just... The hope lifts us up because it's a living hope. My hope can never die. COVID can't kill it. A job loss can't kill. There's nothing that can kill this hope because I've been raised up with Christ and healed and freed and cleansed and made new. And I just love this, Eric. And I want so many more people to hear it and to experience the power of it, not to merely assent to some facts of the gospel, not to have a mere notion of salvation, but to experience the death and the resurrection themselves. Eric, the New Testament, not just in the book of Acts, which describes the historical experience of these people. But the New Testament teaches this very thing, doesn't it? So I'm looking right above question five, where you are quoting a couple of passages. Maybe you can read those to show how this is a teaching uh, of the the, uh, epistles of the New Testament. What what does it say there about this circumcision?
2: Yeah, we have uh, Romans 2, 28 and 29. It says, for no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. Very important. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. (laughs) You can't find this by the letter, not through man, not by obeying laws. But the circumcision, it's not outward. It has nothing to do with outward appearance or outward works or outward anything. But it's inward. A circumcision of the heart by the spirit. Do you see? I know you do, brother. And I loved how you were worshiping at the cross and revealing the cross and opening it for us to see more clearly. And then Colossians 2, 11 says, in him, in him. Also, you were circumcised with a circumcision. Here it is again, a circumcision made without hands. <laughs> this is without hands. Just like it's it's not by man, nothing you can do about it. It's made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. At the cross, Christ and the Spirit are working in your life without hands, without hands. We see Jesus dying and the Spirit flowing out to you to cut and heal you. And he seals you, doesn't he, brother? He seals you with the promise of the inheritance. No more sin and shame, but clothed in his perfect righteousness, clothed in the light of Christ. No more darkness within you. The darkness is exposed by light. And so when light, the light of Christ comes and shines on you, Ah, there's no more darkness. Ah, he does it without hands, but he does it with nail pierced hands on a cross for us. And then the spirit, I I love how you said it. You said it and I've never forgot it because it's so simple. Yet the cross was Jesus, what he did for us. And the spirit continues the work in us. And I love that. And that's what we see here. It's not by man. It's not by raising a hand or walking an aisle or, 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 or do, try harder. We've already established that, that that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It has to be inward. Every counseling session uh, from the world is outward. What you can do, outward and physical. No, no, that's not the message of power. The message of power is inward and spiritual. And it's only a work
1: from the cross. Erica, let's bring this to a close in our next session. I want to talk with you more about how this actually happens, how this circumcision actually happens, because there is something we can do. Uh, now, it's, as you said, it's not by man's decision. It's not by our will. It's not by our choice. It's not by changing our behavior. But there is something we can do, and we, we want our listeners to hear that. And so, as we bring this to an end, brother, let's continue on next time with that thought, and I'll talk with you again. Thanks, good.
0: This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.